thinking that uh, we could each just kind of throw out our uh, what we thought worked and didn't work for season three or two. Sorry, I don't yeah. know. Two to get started, and that way, and then eventually open it up to them, and that way they kind of all know where we're coming from. Okay, I would love to talk about. Um, totally, when the first episode of season two started, and you saw that guy in New York City, called it. Called it. Why, why would they ever even decide to show a normal guy walking in a city? If we already didn't do the math that, hello, Balefire, Neil, should be dead if you really did the math. So obviously he's still alive in that time. So as soon as that normal guy started, that muggle, started walking across the street, I'm like, called it five minutes. I'm sorry, that's Balefire. He's important. Well, I remember there was some speculation, too. Some people thought he might be a bad hatter or something like that. Oh, yeah, because there was Muggle and that, everything in that, I looked, I watched that constantly, okay, I'm watching everything, looking for clues, because one thing that Once Upon a Time does, symbolism, in so much, they have an incredible set designer, you just look at the little pieces, I mean, Regina's office, you know, she's got the, the horse statue, she's got the forest, that's her wallpaper, the apples, I mean, all of that stuff is obvious, but if you look beyond that, there's little details in everyone's apartment. I mean, look at Snow's cottage, oh. apartment, freeze frame, Mr. Gold shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And if that's not like, a, if that's not foreshadowing for everything in there, I don't know what is. Well, and they usually do, it when they have a gold scene, they will usually foreshadow a coming episode, um, like with the puppets. And mm -hmm. they also did it with the teacups. Um, the ship, the teacup, the wand. They, they did that, uh, the that a little more in season one. Yeah, they didn't do any scenes in the shop. Yeah. yeah. Well, season two, everyone was everywhere all the time. <laughs> it wasn't much chance to yeah. enjoy. Right. It wasn't much chance to enjoy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And towards the end of it, she saved the town. So I think that was a good story arc that went through the, the whole season. So I think those worked uh, tremendously. But what I thought didn't work, uh, I was not too fond of the finale because they kept talking about death and destruction over and over again. Go back and watch it. They say death like a million times. <laughs> and nobody died, which I thought was bizarre. <laughs> and, and there were some things that just didn't come together like they should. I mean, the pieces of, of the puzzle are not fitting no. yeah, it, in, in that. That was the, the entire last half of the season. <laughs> yeah. well, the finale didn't feel like a, a finale. It felt, felt like a whole bunch of setup. That you, yeah. right, the finale is supposed to be more payoff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pretty much everything post Cora just didn't work for me. Well, and how all of a sudden are Tamara and Gre you know, Cameron Gregor anti-magic, anti-magic, and then all of a sudden they're using yes. a portal to it could be a situation where they think they're working for the greater good. That was hinted at in, yeah. in, in Friday, because I, I, I specifically asked about the home office. And I said, is it the historical British home office um, that goes way back into the 1700s and continues on into World War II? Yeah. Can we speculate um, on what we think the home office is? I think we should all take turns. You go first. Uh, well, it kind of came up on our podcast where we sort of talked about what if the home office was related to the Darling family. That was yeah. It. And I thought that would be cool because I would love to, to, to bring Wendy Darling back in if possible because I thought she was really great at the end of the And season. it would really make sense because, you know, the, the last scene we see them, it, they're like completely scarred because of, you know, the shadow coming in and oh, yeah. everything. So it would make total sense for them to take their family's fortune and build this Absolutely. whole anti-magic society. Well, and which would dovetail it into Peter and the Star, Star Catchers, which Disney also bought. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Dis Disney um, owns Peter and the Star Catchers as well. And that was kind of where I thought they were going with it as well. The Darlings, that Mr. Darling is actually an agent for the home office for, for that. And um, what Jane Espenson said yesterday was perhaps Greg and Tamara thought that's who they were working for. But it's not. Didn't didn't uh, Rumble Gold? Didn't he say that? Uh, I don't know if it was in the interview about the characters afterwards, but they don't even know who they were working for. Yeah, that what they said, said it right in the show. Yeah, right okay. in the show. But they don't really even understand who they were working for. That was just a small piece of it, and 
whatever whatever Peter Pan is going to be scared the crap out of Rumble. But should yeah. he be scared? Yeah. Yeah. Then we all should be scared. And when they at the D23 convention, some of you saw on YouTube. I know I stopped it, but they showed the little piece. I don't know if you guys saw that there is a sneak peek for the first episode for season three already out. But it's only on YouTube. It's not official, so it's really shaky. And um, it's basically. Uh, has anybody seen it? It's the doll that Robert Carlyle tweeted about, in a way. And basically, to set up the scene, it's it's Rumple, and they've gone through Neverland, and he's not gold. He's he's Mr. Gold, but he's in the, the crocodile suit. So he didn't change color. So he goes over, and he's meeting with that lost boy, the boy that was the last one you saw with the blonde hair. Yeah, that yeah. one. That they kind of had some interaction and whatever it was, and um, it was basically the tables had turned, where Rumple always said. You know, there's always a price with him. You know, it was almost like everything that Rumble has said to everybody else. It was the tables were turned, and this Peter Pan is the villain, where Rumble is like the pawn. See, my thoughts and theories, and this is just totally just me just theorizing <gasps> stuff. I think Peter might be Rumble's dad that would love him. Ooh, yeah. Woo! Because he said that his father ran away, and. Uh, it was a coward, so I mean, I just I think Peter Pan might be Rumble's dad. That is a that's a that's a really good point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you dropped, you dropped a bomb yesterday when we were oh, talking no, about once. I had a meetup yesterday, and be yeah. before you dropped that bomb about that Peter Pan moment. Now, obviously, we know that Balefire left Neverland, so he has, and also in that scene where you find out that Neil is Balefire, and he says to Emma, "I've been running from that man for for, for years." So my thoughts are, how did he get off the island of Neverland to New York City in modern time? And in that same little sneak peek, um, the, the confrontation between that lost boy and Rumpel, he, they were talking about, I'm going to leave Neverland, and Rumpel says, well, how many am I taking with me this time? Oh. So the thought is that maybe he took Balefire out of Neverland. How the hell would he get away from there? And dropped that Balefire sailed the ship. Yes, sailed. But do you think he sailed think the ship away from Neverland? Yeah. Well, we see him sail the ship in the finale. Yeah. Well, no, and, but and he says, "I've sailed this ship before." Well, he yeah, kind of well, just, just done it when he was a little boy. Yeah. yeah. He was a young boy, but drop that bomb you dropped on me yesterday. Who's your? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember what happened yesterday. Um, although I was just was talking about how I think Killian is Jefferson's father, but that's just me. Go on. Yeah. How do you read it? Okay. Well, you can read it all on my blog. What's called Inception. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what it is is uh, in costume design class, they teach us that characters that have similar costumes, uh, they dress them in similar color schemes and stuff like that to show that they're related. But if you look at Jefferson from the Doctor and then Killian from the Crocodile, they have the same color schemes, similar jackets, similar lapels, all the way down to like their designs and the shapes and everything. Same makeup. And uh, this is like a 30 minute long explanation. So I'll try to keep it short. But I think that. Um, well, they don't have magical birth control in Enchanted Forest, and Mila and Hook were together for a long time. In that scene in the crocodile, Jefferson was just under um, the ship and everything. And we don't know his home world. You know, we know he's been to Wonderland, but we don't actually know what world Jefferson is from. Um, and so I think he might have went to Neverland with them um, when they left in the ship. And he was also taken by Peter Pan because Killian was fighting really hard to keep Bay. And I think that by that point he had already lost Jefferson. And he didn't want to lose another set of heroes. But that's just me. The only sad thing is, is that they said in the panel today, uh, or yesterday, Jane Emerson said that, um, you know, we'd love to have Sebastian Stan Moore on the show. He's just really but he's unavailable, so they really haven't considered him as a big threat. <laughs> He's my favorite character. That would put uh, Jefferson and uh, and Henry seen together in a whole whole new light as well, if that were the case. Yeah. Emma starts dating Hook. That's kind of gross. That's kind of Captain Hook and Cord, they didn't have the compass. 
Magic bean. Oh, he had a bean. He had, yeah. Yeah, he had that little shriveled up little bean that the giant had. That and they had water left from the lake. I, 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 they need to clear this up. The way I've been kind of thinking about it is as long as you know where you're going, you focus hard enough, you can go there. Um, but there's really no they don't explain He actually pulled out the bean. When, well, no, we're just talking about because like, the bean could just go to anywhere, but how do you know that you're going there? Oh, I, I, I think entirely, that, and especially the, the first time that, that Hook takes off for Neverland, um, he's very clear. He knows yeah. where he's going. I think you're right. I think you. I think the bean isn't a one-way ticket to any particular place. It's a one-way ticket to where you want it to go. Because that's where she that's wanted where she it to go. It. That's where he wanted to go. Uh, that was his only. I actually saw him over there first, and then her. throwing us the red herring that's Henry because he even says Henry's going to be my undoing but I'm still going to say I'm going to be my grandson. So I think they're still throwing that red herring at us but it's not Henry. Did anyone else think that they were actually going to kill Henry on the playground? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, this is it. They're going to kill the kid. Yeah. That's it. Oh, 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 oh. Never kill him. Yeah. They already tried that at the end of season one. So. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, Regina, excuse my language, is such a bitch. My problem, my problem with she season... She should be. She's the queen. In season two is that they wrapped up Regina's arc really quick, too, it seems like. And my problem is, now that they didn't kill her off, which I was a little bit disappointed about, I'm kind of curious if Jane has given... I look online, too, for spoilers, but I'm kind of curious if Jane's given any indication what her arc of season three is. It kind of makes sense to me that her story's kind of over. They kind of wrapped her up. She's good now. She loves Henry. She saved the town. Story. Oh, I, that doesn't make her good. Yeah, I, I think her. I think all of their arcs for mostly Regina and Emma. And I'm not saying this is one minute on. I'm not saying that right now. Right. I think they really there's a lot more to do to learn how to co-parent for Henry. Like they still don't know how to co-parent at all. Like, and then what about Neil? Like, where does Neil fit in all this? He hasn't been in his life ever, except for like a hot five minutes before he fell down a beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't think. Uh, I think there's still way more like family-wise. And like, I'm I'm waiting for charming and Neil and Snow to talk. Do you realize that Snow and Neil never said a word to each other? And that's his grand. That's her grandson's father. Like they never talked ever. And Charming said like a whole like two things to him. Like why was it, where was the conversation? It was like, hey, remember that time you put my baby in jail? I'm gonna punch you in the face. Right. Where did that conversation come That's exactly what, um, that's what Jennifer Morrison said when they were on the, the Pally Fest panel, that when this was revealed and everything, and she does turn over to Josh Dallas and say, I'm just waiting for you to punch uh, Michael in the face. And in case you're wondering that, like, cause I, I didn't get answered, that's one of my problems in season two. They never talked. Ever. Well, and that's, no that's one talks. The only, they only addressed the, the, the one time when she said, look, I'm still a little weirded out about the fact that you sent me away when I'm a baby, you know, and yeah. left me alone and you didn't want to keep me. But you were you were saving us all. It's like, crap, I don't care. <laughs> I was a baby. You let me go. Yeah. I, I really have to give props to the writers and just the whole message. It's very family oriented. And I have to say, with the slow relationship that Emma is turning towards Henry, that was a that was a good process that they went through. It didn't jump too fast, and I really liked it. And Henry also gave her time to warm up to him. And then you look at season two, and I the episode Manhattan was just incredible because of that that confrontation between Balefire and his father with Gold. Gold just loved me. I'm so sorry for everything I you know I screwed up. And he's like, No, I got nothing to say to you. That was so powerful. Yes. I went on his Twitter on, on uh, I, I stopped people on Twitter just for once. Just for once because I want to see the sneak peeks and anything that they, they picture. But it was such a good choice of the actor. I mean, because they could have been he could have been really aloof, like I don't I don't want you. But there was so much tension and so much animosity and just anger towards yeah. his father. And we don't we only know of one part. Yes, he let his kid go, you know, but truly I'm sorry to say he, he not that he's gonna get over it, but there's more to that relationship that we don't know. And with that confrontation where he was, no, your time's up, I'm done. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and leading up to that, the, the, the setup with, with Henry and, and Mr. Gold on the street.
movie about whole the grandkid pestering the grandpa, and they don't know they're related yet, but it's like you just that's like and and you and we already figured it out by this point. I mean, they've telegraphed it since the end of season one that this is happening. Yeah, I really hated the reveal, though, with the, just the sheet of paper, I know you're bail bailed by yeah. I, I love that. I'm like the that. only person in the world that apparently likes that. <laughs> I love it. I, I thought it fit August's personality perfectly. He's a writer. Because, uh, who was it? I think it was our friends from Other Side of the Mirror. Uh, Brie and Alex did a cycle thing through season two about how people had talismans, like Bill had her cup and stuff like that. I think Augustine's typewriter is his talisman. That's what he's connected to. He's a writer. So I thought it was perfect. When they opened the box, I was sure because we saw the scene where Gold found this, the, the sketchings in August's room and it was a picture of the dagger. Yeah, I thought that he was showing to Balefire, well, to Neil, that it was a picture of the dagger. And we all knew that that was Neil at that time because if you're, I'm sorry, if you're not related to magic and all of a sudden this guy's showing you something in a box, yeah. I would run the hell out of there. So, so I thought it was a picture of the dagger and that was it. So you are Balefire. I thought that was kind of a meh. I wasn't impressed. Yeah, it was just like, it, it hit me just as almost laughable, especially because, you know, on podcasters' roundtables and whatnot, you know, we'd spent a lot of time speculating what was in what that was thing. It, that was supposed to be like one of the key piece to the season, and it was just a piece of paper with, oh, you're, you're uh, that character. Okay. Yeah. But we should have figured it yeah. out, though, because the typewriter had been shown to be in that box in season yeah. one, so it was like the. Alright, so questions? It's going to be her, then you, and then you, and then you. Okay. I would watch it. Keep it up on this, okay? Oh, I hated Lacey. Let's not even talk about this. Oh my gosh, I love Lacey. Although, the, the, I ended up in a dwarf bar line, uh, which I think got cut, is, but it's, it's floating around here and there, is is the only thing of Lacey's that I want to keep. I just hated that scene of Lacey and the sheriff. I hated it when she was all rubbed up on him and everything. I'm, so she cheated on on gold in a way. No, she didn't, because she, well, she was like, getting a Lacey was not dating Rumble. They're two separate people. They're not both. They're not like David and David. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and there's more to Lacey's back. Lacey has a history in Storybrooke, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole episode in there that, you know, they haven't written, haven't done, but they were very clear in two or three sets of dialogue about, I know, We've seen Lacey before, um, and it's something Regina did. See, I have to wonder if that's just their false memories, though, because David and Catherine had a clear path. Regina, though. Yeah, like, I have wonder a false if memory. Well, yeah, well, they all had their fake memories because, like, Catherine and David had pictures and, like, this whole relationship. But we see in Welcome to Storybook, their first day, he's in a coma. So I have to wonder if she was always in the asylum from the beginning and everybody just remembers Lacey from before or remembers, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah, it, it, it seemed it seemed like when she got converted into Lacey, Lacey, you know, Virginia was doing it to get back at Rumble. Oh yeah. And everything yeah. To yeah. Like, oh, I don't I don't think we're gonna see much more of Lacey, quite honestly. Yeah. I don't think oh, there's yeah. much. I, I mean, it was kind of fun, you know, you know, her, her and uh, Rumble running around terrorizing Storybrooke. That was cute. So it was nice. I just like the bad boy. I have to say that's the only time I didn't like Rumble so soon because he controlled her through drinking. Be like, oh, I don't like yes. what you're saying. Here, take more drinks. Yeah. Uh, that was like the only time I've ever seen Rumple get that close. To See, I like gold with Belle because he's much nicer, but Rumple with Belle <laughs> is very controlling and borderline abusive. Yeah, and, yeah, but that's the closest we've seen gold get to that Rumple line. The, the, the thing is, uh, you know, uh, gold is a bad guy, you know, but yeah. I, we, we never really see him be cruel, and that was really the first time he, would, he was cruel. I mean, he's evil, he'll kill you. Well, he'll do, he'll be nice he beat Bell's father with a cane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, that was that was. Uh, that was uh, yeah. Yeah. I would beat someone with a cane if they're trying to use my memory. <laughs> no, we do have more questions. Uh, Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, on the, on the topic of Lacey, uh, I love Lacey. Slut shaming is not cool. I think she was an awesome character. Uh, secondly. On the topic of uh, Balefire and Rumble Stiltskin having to hash out their issues, 
I'm really ticked off that at no point did the fact that Rumpelstiltskin murdered his mom ever came up. Like, Hook told him. Hook flat out told him, and it, ne it never came up. And I don't, I don't understand. Do you think that's going to be a thing that they address at all in season two, or is it going to be like Graham, where it's like, oh, that character's dead. We're never going to speak about him ever again. I think that when, when Hook told that to Balefire, he was just more upset that, that Hook ruined his family more than anything. The, the fact that his, mom, that his dad killed his mom really wasn't on the table. But as a child, as somebody whose father walked down on our family, I can see how I'm mad at the person that broke up my family more than anything. And I'm sure my father had his reasons or my mother had his reasons for that. But I, I really think that that shows the love that Balefire still has for his dad by taking his side. And I, and I, yeah. I know that it's in there and there will be a, a very long path for that relationship. But, and, but then in time, Balefire might have, you know, with more information, more from Hook, Maybe the rumors traveled, and all that information, all that truth, got to Balefire, and he got to sit on it. But you're right; he never brought up the fact you killed mom. Nothing came up about that. Yeah. But he might have had time to sit and let it fester. And if, if anything really, you know, inspires family discussion, it's being stuck in a small area together. You know, the ship's pretty tiny. They'll, they'll probably get. Oh, I can't. Well, and, and they they packed so much into that, and I mean, which is the all of the resolution yeah. no, and non-resolution in, into that that space. But going back to what you said, and, and when Bay was saying, oh, you've had your chance, I'm, I'm done with you, I think he did a really good job of, of showing that that love and that concept was still there, and it wasn't just, just all anger. I think you're right that, that it's still it's still there, but I think so, that they will be on a path. We don't know how long Bay was on this ship. I mean, he could have been there, like, he could have just met this guy, or he could have been on there for months. I mean, well, yeah. we asked about the timeline yesterday as well. And she said, we're deliberately vague, which, yeah, obviously we But it is, for it us. is <laughs> obvious um, that Rumpel and Bay's storyline is much, much older than everyone else's. So, and that time is not the same in both worlds. Or any of the worlds necessarily. So the gypsy was dead. Yeah. And there was hands up over here. Okay, so you and I saw you. You're in charge, by the way, with well. these questions. Alright, your turn. Um, I know that some shows, the writers will disclose certain things to the actors, like singular actors only, you know, this is a storyline that you need to keep the back of mind. And because I haven't watched a whole lot of behind the scenes on ones, I don't know if there are certain actors that have had a lot of things to Close to them, or, or that the writers just don't even know until very last minute what they're going to actually do. Michael, so, Michael, uh, James, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Brandon James. Uh, he was talking about how when he was first hired as Neil Sachs Bayfire, he did know uh, when he first came on, uh, when he was hired, that they told him his entire arc. So he did know where he was going from that. But uh, Keegan Connor Tracy was talking today that she has no idea what the now, David Andrews was the only person who knew who Victor Frankenstein all the way through season two. Like, the other actors would ask him and he wouldn't tell them, but he knew going into it he was going to be Victor Frankenstein, and he had to wait an entire season just to come out with it. <laughs> and that, that, that's a char character that frustrated me. Beyond they neglected him horribly. And and they just kinda let him stand around with his thumbs in his pocket a lot. And we just know that he's important to something. They just yeah. never revealed it. My my problem with okay, the doctor's my personal favorite episode, but he's the only cast person who started well, minus Blue Fairy because we still know nothing about her. Minus Blue Fairy, he's the only cast person starting in, starting in season one who didn't have an episode-centric around him until In the Name of the Brother, because that's a Regina-centric episode, not a Victor-centric episode, which I just did not find fair, but I'm also very biased because it's my favorite character, Wood Jefferson. Mad well forever. Who's um, <laughs> Queen? I love you. Yay! Um, but I mean, I will argue to the end of the earth that Victor and Jefferson are the biggest game changers in this show, and we would not have Neverland season three without them. 
I will argue that I die. Well, Jefferson, like we talked briefly yesterday, Jefferson is such an important character, I think, and I wish we could see more to him because he's the only one in Storybrooke, really, other than well, other than Regina, that knows. There's a reason why he was mad. Nobody yeah. would listen to him. Nobody would believe him for 28 years. Well, no, gold, 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 gold. No, gold didn't gold. know until Emma yeah. walked in. Yeah. Yeah, well, he did not know, and the, and the writers have said that he didn't know until Emma's name was said. Oh, it wasn't in well, the story broke, didn't Regina go into the shop and kind of... Yes, he didn't them? know. That yeah. was proving. Yeah. He said, what are you talking about? I, see, I, I guess God. I was reading in that they were dancing around each other. Well, I mean, I could totally see that. I, mm -hmm. As far as, you know, on screen so far, it appears he didn't know. But, you know, Rumpel, he, he always has 16 different plots going. I guess in my own head, I, I've, I've always thought since he crafted the curse, that he had his own back door. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there, I'm sure there are aspects to the curse that he, he has in his back pocket for when he gets in a really bad position. Like the police thing. Well, the weird thing is, if he didn't know until Emma showed up, how did he orchestrate Henry's adoption? I mean, that's, 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 we all want to know that. Where did the baby come from? I have one theory, and I think it was August. Yeah, I think it was August because August knew where Emma was. He told Neil where he was. No, I think, well, August has been in story story but before. My thoughts are that since August knew where Emma was in that in that jail, because he left that her. she was yeah, because he didn't care about her. So I think he knew I think he went and claimed to be the baby's father, probably had some documents that said that he was Neil, la 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 drove to Storybook and dropped the baby on Gold's doorstep. As silly as that sounds, because he would be the one to orchestrate something. Because he's not going to drop it on Snow White's doorstep. Yeah. He dropped it on Gold's because that was a closer relationship that he would be able to know what to go on. So I think because all of his things that just kind of wheels started to turn, Regina probably came to him at the right time. However, however, Neil said to Emma, my father always said that things just don't happen, things are planned. Yeah. So that could be part of it too. But of course, finding out that Bill was Henry's father was a big shocker for Gold. So we have like seven questions. So are you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you're next. I want to know why August, when he died, he was able to be brought back, and when he was brought back, why he was brought back. Nothing makes me more angry than that episode. Yeah. Actually, I have one other thing that makes me more angry than that episode. That's really high on the list. My reason, I think they did. I think the writers did that so that there wouldn't be a love triangle. Someone said on the Facebook group for Dragon Con that Eon Bailey didn't want to be on the show anymore. Is yeah, that person? I, th I think he had a pilot. Where did you, you hear from that? Another big thing about season two is they shanked the minor characters. Like that, and like I'm a minor character, I love them. Um, all the main characters have what I call the candy effect, which they're really good at first, but when you get too much of them, you get sick of them. And I don't want to watch the same Regina Snow storyline over and over and over again. I want to know how, for example, like the nicest person in the world, Archie, became Rumpelstiltskin's pawn. Like what makes Rumpel look at Archie and goes, hey, you need to work for me. Like, how does that work? I mean, I want to know about these other people. I couldn't care less about Snow and Charming and all of them right now. Like, keep me a story right. or, I think Snow is just so whiny right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. never been my favorite. David's kind of a douche, but I like Sheriff David. I hate Sheriff David. I will say that probably my favorite moment of the season was Snow's moment when she uh, tricked Regina into killing oh, her own mother. I screamed out loud. I loved it. I, I literally screamed out loud and got immediately on the group and said, oh my god, oh my god, did you just see, and we called it the, the delivery method, because we didn't want to spoil it for anybody else in the West Coast. Because I mean, it's, it's one thing to kill someone's mother, it's another thing to trick them into doing it. Yeah. So, Adventures so, so, uh, down here. That's why I had to laugh at her like because she said, drop her on, on uh, Mr. Gold's door. I swear to God, you're going to say, roll across the line. <laughs> <laughs> I swear you're going to say But he drove right down with Emma on his motorcycle. When he first got there, he just drove right in, too. I, because he's not cursed. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not cursed, too. Emma's not cursed, too. He was here ahead of she can leave. August and Emma are, are here ahead of the curse. Right. Yeah. All right, so... 
Raise your hands over here, because I said, okay, so I'll pigtails, and then the one behind you, and the very nice gentleman who's been waiting, and then I have no idea. Give me a second. <laughs> we want to hear more of your nickname for giving everybody. Oh my gosh. I have, you should, like, read when I do recaps of my blog. Everybody has a nickname. Oh my goodness. Like, for example, uh, Vandal's my favorite comic book character of all times, and I was actually hoping Champ Charming would stay under the, cur the sleeping curse, because that's so badly I wanted Josh Dallas to go back to Thor. So badly. <laughs> and in that, I just don't like Zach Levy. Um, so I'm very, very upset that he's not going to go to Thor. So whenever I do recaps, Charming's always Vandal. Um, Jefferson's always Bucky, I think. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Anyway, uh, pigtails. with anybody is that bitch scene with Emma. And that's a really good scene. And we see a lot of like 
what's making Regina tick in that. And we had that in season one. We saw a lot of what made Regina tick. Well, and I feel like I got her more in season one. But and the, the, the Regina Snow with the heart. Was yeah. Another one you get a, a feeling, it's like, you know, I've made those decisions and I'm living with them and now you get to, you know, you get to feel what I'm feeling. And that's what makes the, the, the episode of The Evil Queen so good because we see Regina talk. I mean, like, that's why talking is so important in TV shows. <laughs> I think but we need a lot to give this shit on the camera because yes, I'm waiting a long time. I, I was clueless. I, I did not see it David Anders was on the for uh, over a year and uh, that had nothing to do with Eddie and Adam that had nothing to do with anybody for once that was ABC publications putting it out and he was livid go uh, go back to that time like when they released that and read his tweet like he was pissed yeah in uh, broken yeah we had a couple of mobs of angry villagers this season, and I loved it. So all the way back. <laughs> That's a wonderful question. Hey, that. What was the question? After after watching um, Archie, um, I'm kinda I really like um Captain. Well no, not that one. I like I still like um Hopper and Red. Oh I love that. Red Hopper, I think that's so cute. But what was the one they came up with yesterday? Flick it. What's Blicket? The Blueberry. Blue oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? No, but they went another, but other than that, then they started to go down a really dark side. Yes. And the actors yesterday, did you guys go to the ones panel yesterday? No. And they talked about, like, the wrong ships, like, the gross, disgusting ships. The werewolf and the dog. They were just talking about that, and they talked about oh, when Jane Evanson said something about, well, you know that in the porn industry, they do make parodies of those shows and everybody was like, <laughs> she actually said that and all I can think of is once a hump a time. Charming Whale. 
I love him so much. But those boys need friends. Like that's one thing that bothers me is there's no men that is Josh Dallas's age. Charming has no guy friends. Like now we have folk, but they they could have had Frederick, but they just let Frederick and just sent them off to go live in their pretty little house. Like we see the girls night out. The girls night out episode. Where's the guys night out episode? Bill, what's yours? Emma and the dragon. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't really should that one. Gnarly. You're in the shit. I'm hoping for Regina Hook, personally. Hey. I, I, I want a really, like, power evil couple. Yeah. 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 That would be good. Yeah. All right, so I get here. I have Finn and then a vendor shirt and then the nice one. Fiona? I'm so excited Ruby Slippers. See, yeah. I, I think he still is. They were. They, I read somewhere. Um, I don't know how true this is, but whenever they're doing these spinoffs, each season will be in one movie. So we're gonna have once Wonderland, as one season, and then once Oz, once. Oh, we're already going to Neverland, but like that's how they're doing it. I really do think that he is still the Wizard of Oz, and that's why I think Jefferson helped him set up this entire thing that they've been traveling together. The Wizard of Oz will probably be Rumble in some. <laughs> I mean, think about it. There has to be a just Rumble. Did they literally call him the Wizard though? Yeah. So I think he's definitely the Wizard of Oz. See, see what I think is that you know Frankenstein's world is the black and white world where Dorothy Gale lives. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's where I was going with it. He, he he's not magical, but he does do illusion. Okay. And has anyone oh this is a really dumb question at Dragon Has anyone seen Doctor Who? Yes.
No, it was Pennsylvania. It actually Pennsylvania was. It, he said that he's from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. If you look up that town, there's a military college there, and it's a big military town. But so. also, when uh, but one, why did Greg change his name? Is that his, his name when he came to Storybrooke the second time? And also, they made a big point of Greg and his dad being from where the boss was from. So it wasn't it wasn't Pennsylvania for Pennsylvania tags. And I also don't think that Greg's dad is dead. I think Regina put that body there. It's not real. Um, but I actually have one theory. Since we know that you can... Okay, I'm getting confused with Harry Potter. But since, <laughs> since we know that Regina and obviously Cora can change their appearance, you know, I if you guys look, he's in there twice. Uh, the asylum where Belle was. There's a guy that looks really creepy. He's mopping the floor, yeah, right? Yeah, he's mopping really the floor. Yeah, right. I think that might be Greg's dad. Well, that was my question. He's from how...
she, I mean, she's always been privileged. She's been weaker than her mother, but never truly, I mean, when you see the way she treats her true love, um, when nobody's looking, and then turns around, you know, that go away, come back. Um, but then, Rumpel has had no power ever in his life. Every step of the way, he's been pretty much the lowest of the low. And becoming a soldier was actually a big step up for him. So excited about um, it. Yeah, he really did. And then he's just so terrified of it all. And, and to the core. And then, not, and then the thought of, of, losing, of leaving Bay fatherless. And as he was following, he just felt so powerless. I don't think he's ever going to give up willingly. And I think that'll be a big transition for him if he willingly gives up power. My one thought when they said, the, okay, when the seer said the boy, my one thought again, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but after a show, I, my brain just like sits there and absorbs everything. Can't wait through the next week because I want to see what's going to happen. I want to try to, it's awful. My husband's like, shut up, just enjoy the show. No, it's because of this. This is going to happen. And I know it, I know it, I know it. But when they said that the, the, there'll be a the boy, the boy is not who he seems, la, 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 la. I thought that that last moment, um, I thought, I think Bill, one theory, is pregnant. And since they're going to be apart for a while, one thought could be, depending on how far away, that she's going to be pregnant with a baby boy. And that will be his undoing. What do you think is going to happen in Starbrook? I think somebody's going to come into the town, and they're going to have to deal with an outside source. I think we're going to have a three-way war. Horror is still alive. Horus. I think Horus still alive, which is pulling the spray. I, I don't think it's Horus. I think it's King Dick yeah. and Burton. Yeah, Alex is also crossing yeah. over to uh, Wonderland. Um, he's one. Of, he's one of the oh three. Oh my God! That's right. Like, my question about Storybrooke has always been: Why hasn't Regina used her army? Because in the pilot, you see the smoke suck all them up. Why doesn't she ever at any point use her army that's in Storybook and now have their memories back? Yeah, you think they have a bigger police force or something? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, at any point in time, she could have been like, bam! And so I think King George is going to totally utilize Regina's army there. And what's going to happen is all of our favorite pals, like Simply Roy and all them, is going to have to be not only fighting King George, but also the home office that's going to come in. And I would love for Snow and Charming and all them to come back and just be like, Whoa, King George is in town. What is going on? And everyone's here. But it, it, it will be well into the second half of the season. Yeah. But is it King George in jail? No. Well, we, we no, see. He vanished. No, he's no, a new sheriff now. It's it. Well, no, what happened? So he can get out. This is a deleted scene. This was what made me so mad because Tiny was an episode that made me so mad. The best scene in Tiny was on the deleted scenes on the Best Buy exclusive disc of season two. And what it is is Snow and Charming go downstairs into the mines, and King George is chained up in the mines, and they're keeping him there. And what happens is there's this entire talk where he's just like, well, who do you think you are, Prince Charming? I love my son. You are not a prince. And there's darkness inside your heart, David. And I was just like, this is the best scene of Tiny. Why is this not in the show? But one of the things Jane said yesterday is if you didn't see it on air, it didn't happen. Yeah, it's not even on canon. That's what she said. Which is really funny because I wanted to ask you guys because there was a biography video of Regina that ABC put out that said that, and they did it for all the characters last season before yeah. season two started, and it had Regina, it said Regina and Maleficent were sisters. I, I thought and then too. the Fractured Fairy Tales thing on the, the season two DVD said that Hook and Milo were married. And I'm like, where is this coming from? That stuff is never said in the show. So. Well, Actually, Regina and there's a scene early, early in season one where Regina and and Maleficent are together and they call each other sister. No, no, no. Uh -huh. she, she says maybe they're like my only friends. friends. I'm, I'm, I have to go back. I'm pretty sure she said sister because I was I was like, wait a minute. They established early on the sister, and now all of a sudden they backed away from it. It was one line, one time. So maybe it was originally the show bible, and they decided against it. Yeah, they decided that's against it. We have ten minutes. We have time for two more questions. So you and the Esmeralda. Um, back to the thing about Mary Martin, Snow White becoming like sitting in the darkness in her. I think I don't know if they intentionally did it, but they kind of made a mirror effect for her life because whenever they show her like back when she was younger, she started out being a complete brat until her mom died. I'm upset. And then she feels the darkness and she tricks Regina into killing her mom. I think they. 
I love seeing oh, Snow's little snot. One, one, one quick second. Who thinks a parakeet is going to survive in Maine after Snow White lets it out of the window? Magic! That bothers me. Esmeralda. and holding because she didn't recognize until that moment that her life would have been enough without that magic which gold time. Well that's because she didn't have a heart magic so he can't let go of her. Yeah, I really think, you know, yes, Cora it was completely justified to kill her uh, at that point. It was just that the way Snow did it and she, she, I mean, even if she had given Regina a choice, who knows what might have, would have happened. But no, she just decided that Regina should be the one to kill her mother. And, and you're going to do it by saving her. I mean, I'm going to give this to you so you can save your mother. I just, I just thought it was not in the right place of the season, though. Like, I, that, that episode felt like a season finale episode. Yeah. 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 And then the power void that Cora left, I mean, Greg and Tamara to me just do not add up to Cora. I mean... They, they, well, our uh, Rhea and Alex from the other side of the mirror describe them as the Natasha and Boris from like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are. And it's just, I think a lot of it is just that Cora was just such a good villain. And then she, and like, there was someone that Regina and, and uh, what's his name? Right? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm hungry, I can't think when I'm hungry. Um, hey, let's get to the direction this. Anyway, sorry. Um, they, I, were you making a joke there? What's his name? Rumpel Stiltskin? Yes, I totally was. No, but I, I think the problem is, is that uh, Rumpelstiltskin and Regina feared Korra. No one was scared of Greg and Tamara until it was too late. And like, if your characters don't fear a character, you're not going to be scared of them as a viewer. I was scared of, of, of Tamara because nobody's that gorgeous coming into the world unless they're evil. I mean, I'm just saying, it, 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 it's a Disney property. It's a Disney property, and when someone that gorgeous comes in and that serene, you you go, uh-oh, I need to watch this person. I think they should be scared of them now, because she shot Neil and kidnapped Henry. I yeah. think that's pretty scary. I'm talking about that. Like, they, I feel like they should have worked with this sooner, because like, no one really cared that Greg was in town when that giant was running around. Like, like no one like, gave like, two thoughts about it. Like, and like, when Hook was around, Oh, and by the way, like when Hook escaped in Tiny, like there was never a moment where they were like, "Oh God, we lost Hook. Where did he go?" Like they, they these bad, these good guys are not competent. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and just real quick, is do you think Hook gets to New York because technically he wasn't cursed because he was under the shield? Yeah, and I, I, I think okay. if, if no one, if you weren't there with the curse job, you can come go as clues. Yeah, they weren't ripped away from. Us. That, I mean, that's. I just wanted to know if I was if I was allowed to say something. Yeah, can I? I hope they do like a webisode. Like, I, I really want webisodes for the show because I think that'd be a great way to fill in like minor character stuff. That's what fan fiction's for. Check out all the new episodes, but I just really want a webisode of just like Hope wandering around New York City. Like, how did he find them? How did he blend in? I mean, it's one thing with look like this. Have you been to New York City? Have you been to New York City? But also from his point of view, I mean, we look at all these characters when they got plopped in Storybrooke and they just automatically knew how to adjust. But you've got Hook who came from Fairytale Land. And then he's in New York City. Oh God, car! You know, he did. I don't think they played that up well at all because all of a sudden they're just 
modernized. You know, they did a little bit of a chorus sitting in the, oh, this modern carriage. I just think they should have done more. I, I just saw this great series of comics where, like, Hook accidentally, like, tumbled into the mall, and, like, someone from, like, the Maybelline counter came along, and I'm like, we love your makeup, let's fix it. And he's like, what is this eyeliner stuff? Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> series of comics. And then he found, like, a, like a cardboard cutout of Captain Jack Sparrow, and he was like, my brother, you're flat, what happened to you? <laughs> Once upon a wars in the Caribbean. Uh, can also, do you have like, any outros yeah. where people can find you guys? Yeah, especially for the um, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not anybody. It's for disease guys. Or yeah, I, I'm not either. I'm just on Facebook. I'm just on I'm Facebook. part of this group. Yes, um, there is a small little group, Once Upon a Time, at Dragon Con. And there's quite a few. There's a small group of us, but hey, you know. And, and American Sci-Fi Media. Sci-Fi Fantasy Media has a group on Facebook. If you're not following it, we have a blast together all year long. My words for everybody is this, if you love the characters and you love the show, they kept stressing that there's an idea that you have that, oh, I'd like to see this, I'd like to see that. The writers are like always on Twitter because they want to see what we want. If there's something you don't like, tweet in to the writers on Twitter. And give them your ideas and, and thoughts and make this show nice grow. We want to see a season four. Give me Robin Williams. Especially is on Twitter all the time. And he's yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> um, well, I guess uh, you can find me at twotruefreaks.com. I have cards with all my information. But I also have, uh, for Raphael Sabarge's Greenwish, I have information about his organization. Please come take it because we could probably start a chapter in Atlanta and that'd be super fun. And I told him I would give them out so it'd make me not look like a liar, guys. <laughs>